Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Look at Acts 16. Eight again, so they passed by Mysiah and went down to Troas. He did the right thing. He relied on God. He didn't get discouraged. God's will always includes his timing. That's why sometimes God says no, because it's not the right timing. After two no's, God says, just a moment, I'll redirect you. Sometimes it's hard to wait until God reveals his plan. But as I just said to you, be all here, wherever you're at, until God changes Sometimes when we are trying to do what God wants us to, we are required to be patient. Most of us have a problem doing that. We think we see what God wants us to do and we make a straight line path toward what we think is the goal. Often we run into difficulties because we forget that God's path is not necessarily the same as ours. Pastor Mark in his teaching will remind us that even the Apostle Paul had to hear no from God on occasion. He, too, had to learn that while making plans was good, it was still wise to be listening for changes to those plans from God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 1 with part 3 of his message, The Joy of Following Jesus Every Day. God said no to every one of them. I was cool with that. No problem. Not. <laughs> Did I get anxious? Yes. Did I get up there? God, what are you doing? We're going to be in the wilderness forever. <laughs> Do you know what you're doing? And so basically he was saying, yes, but I have a better plan. But I didn't see the plan right then. And then he said, yes, you got to wait. When we tried to come down to start this church, God said, wait five years. Okay, we waited. And last, no, I have a better plan. He said no. He said no, 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 30 times. Look where we're at. God knew it. Vieira is another example. You guys sitting in Vieira. When we got ready to build Vieira, we had met with the Vieira company, and they gave us two pieces of property. We were praying, oh, we're excited about both these pieces of property. Right as we're getting ready to finalize everything, I went in one day, and the man I was dealing with, he said, I got another piece of property I want you to look at. I went, really? We're kind of happy with either one of these. And it was all God. So I learned through this other thing just to be flexible. Okay, God's doing something different. And he says, let me show you this piece of property. And he says, it's right across from where you're meeting now in the school. It's right next to the stadium. And right down the side street is the VA clinic. And right next door is a new junior high that's going up. Hallelujah. (laughs) And Vier, for those of you guys listening to me today, that's where God had you. Why? He had a better plan. Don't you ever say to God, God, I want my plan. 
If he says no, hold on. A better plan is coming. Always. Always. So Paul goes, he doesn't get angry. He doesn't get mad. He just says, okay. So what does that mean? When God begins to work in my life, I have to have faith. But I have to have more than faith. Write this down. This is what Paul's experience is. This is exactly what you have to experience as well. Following God requires faith, but it requires more than that. It requires me to be sensitive. I have to hear from God. And of course, I hear from God by studying the word. That's why you're here today. I hear from God in my private devotions. The more I study the Bible, the more I know God, the easier I hear from him. But it also requires more than sensitivity. It requires me being flexible. Okay, God, I'll change. And then it requires me, bottom line, just to follow, to be obedient. And sometimes I do that without knowing what's going to happen. Paul learned this. He learned to obey. He learned to be sensitive. He learned to be flexible at every fork in the road. And that's because he had faith in God, that God would do the right thing. Now look at this next, Matt, quickly. You're going to see, I'll read verse 8 for you. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. See Mysia up there in Troas? See, he was headed to Bithynia and Pontius. God said, no. Now go all the way back here, basically to Antioch. Now watch this line. Twist, turn, Lystra, Derby, twist, turn, Antioch, twist, Iconium, twist, turn, twist, turn, twist, turn, Mycia, eventually going to Philippi. You can look at that map and just change the names because that's our life. That's your life. You don't even know where you're going to be a week from now. You certainly don't know where you're going to be a year from now. God changes our plans and he just, we have to be flexible. And by the way, every one of those places where Paul was, he wasn't like, well, where are we going next, God? No, he was active right where he was. I say this very often. Be all here. Wherever you're at, be here. Don't be thinking, if I could just get to Colorado, it'd be God. I know it'd be God. You're not in Colorado. The highest thing here is on Merritt Island, the little area where there's a hill. It's as good as it gets. You're here. Be all here. So Paul was satisfied where he was. He was active where he was because he was flexible. And he was sensitive. And he had faith. But most of all, he was obedient. Now, look at Acts 16, 8 again. So they passed by Mysiah and went down to Troas. He did the right thing. He relied on God. He didn't get discouraged. God's will always includes his timing. That's why sometimes God says no. Because it's not the right timing. After two no's, God says, just a moment, I'll redirect you. Sometimes it's hard to wait until God reveals his plan. But as I just said to you, be all here, wherever you're at, until God changes. Waiting produces patience. Waiting produces maturity. The Holy Spirit will guide you and me to the right decision, the right places. In that book that we're reading, you were born for this, there's that nudge. There's all of that. There's plenty of things to do every single day for the kingdom of God. So just be active right where you're at. And if God is going to move you to a new place, he'll do all of that. Look at verse 9. Now, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia. 
standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia, which is over there in, in Europe, in Greece. So what happens? During the night, God honored Paul's obedience. And he gives him further direction through a vision. It's supernatural. Now remember, we serve a supernatural God. Normally, God will give us direction through the word of God. But sometimes he'll even give us vision. So God's will for Paul was to go to Europe. He, he didn't, it wasn't like he didn't care for Turkey. Paul had already been there. But he wanted him to move to a new area. Ultimately, Europe and the Western world would be evangelized because of the obedience of Paul. One man. Now, what does that mean? What does this vision happen? Next thing you want to write, God will speak and direct us at the perfect time. Now was the time he would go. You can be assured that's going to happen. But I want to concentrate just for a second on two things. One, what kind of vision does Paul get? He gets a vision of a man. He doesn't get a vision of a church. He doesn't get a vision of a synagogue. He doesn't get a vision of a revival. He gets a vision of a man. Remember last week? The main thing is keeping the main thing. What is the main thing? Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. Who's lost? People are lost. So God says in this vision, here's a man. He says, Paul, I'm sending you to Europe for a man, for a person. The only thing that's important in our life are people. That's all. The rest of the stuff's going by the wayside. People. But notice what the man is doing. He's begging for help in his vision. He's begging for help. I want to ask you a question. In your neighborhood, at your place of work, student in your college class, in the place where you do recreation, what people are begging for your help? I know they're begging. You know how I know they're begging? Because Jesus said this, the fields are white to harvest. They're trying to figure out their all happy hour doesn't make it. God says, I'm sending you to these pagans. They live happy hour for everything. Prostitution, sex, drugs, you name it. When you get over to Rome, you know what Rome was like. Homosexuality was developable. I mean, it was just everywhere, everything. And they were empty. So God says, I'm sending you to a man who's begging. What does that tell me? God closed door one and door two. But write this down. When God closes a door, he will open another one. You see, a closed door will lead to an open door. God says, I don't want you to go there. It's not a bad thing to go to Bithynia, but I don't want you to go to Bithynia. How did God know that there's people that were searching? Because he can see the heart of man. See, in this congregation right now, God knows you're seeking. You can't hide that from God. He put you in that seek mode. And God knew that was happening. So he says to Paul, I'm going to send you. Well, look at verse 10. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready, circle these two words, at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. 
There's why they're going. That's why we're a church. To preach the gospel and disciple people. That's why we're here. All the rest of this stuff is just enable us to do that calling. Paul told this team about the vision. And Silas and Timothy and Luke said, we're ready, Paul. Let's go for it. At once. At once brought me back to the book of Mark. You know, one day Jesus went along the Sea of Galilee. Numbers of fishermen had been watching Jesus. They'd been interacting with him. One day Jesus said to a couple pairs of them, he said, uh, come and follow me. In the book of Mark, the Bible says, at once they dropped their nets and followed him. The timing of your obedience is critical. In a few moments at the end of the service, I'm going to ask those of you that want to follow Christ, those of you who want to make a recommitment, you don't debate it. Well, maybe another week. No, at once. At once. At once is where the joy. When God said, no, get on a boat, get to Troas, and get over there to Philippi. At once they headed off. Why? Because they knew what was good for them. Don't obey God because you have to. It'll be miserable. Obey God because you get to. You know, understand how great it is to have a God who knows our beginning from the end. He knows exactly how to direct us. And it's awesome. At once, they did this. There was no resentment. There was no selfish brooding. There was no procrastination. There was no resistance. Immediately when they went and willingly they went. Why? Because they realized God knew what was happening. I want you to see this verse in Romans. I've been thinking about it a lot this last week. Romans 11.33 says this. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and his knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decision and ways. What that really says is this. It's impossible for us to understand why he says yes, wait, or no. God, what are you doing? It's impossible. Relax. He's the only one that knows your beginning from your end. As we're looking for those 30 pieces of property, God's going. <laughs> Do you know something? Warren Worsby wrote a great book. It's called this. God is never in a hurry. But he's always on time. So if you're anxious, you're going to put three or four pairs of pants on the bed. <laughs> Pastor Bo can help you. He uses as an illustration. He's got pants for you. That's not going to work. Just put one. That's all you need. And then pray and wait for God's... Remember, she was 31 when she got married. What happens when you're, you're, you're a young lady and it's 24, 25? Your friends go, the clock is ticking, ticking. I'm going to get married. By the way, let me just say this as your pastor. You young people that are in marriage and age. You want to marry somebody that's a full-on believer. Now, don't be deceived. Because you see a good-looking young guy or a really sharp young lady in this church. And they, they're like, ask for a Bible. You go, man, they're a Christian. I, I'm ready. That's the one I want. Don't be stupid. And I say that kindly. You want somebody that doesn't look like a Christian. You want somebody that's full-on for Jesus Christ. Because I will say this as a warning to you as a shepherd. 
When we have eight or nine and 10,000 people, there are people in our campuses are here. They're looking for the sharp young lady or the good looking guy. And they have no other motive than a sexual motive. Watch out. I'm your pastor. Listen to me. Date somebody that's full on for Jesus Christ. And that only happens by you watching their life for a while. Their motives. We have lots of searching people. Certainly they're good. We want you here. That's why you're going to get saved. But the day they get saved is not the day you start marrying them. It's that they need to mature, whether it's a young girl or a young guy. Okay? Just take wisdom for a guy that's been around a long time. Wait for God. He'll have the right one for you. A person that's full on. Well, look at this next verse. I want you to say it together with me. The book of Psalms says this. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. Here's what I want you to We're going to read this out loud. I put my words in there. When you come to contagious and outrageous joy, I mean, say it like it should be said. Here we go on the count of three. One, two, three. Here we go out loud. I take contagious and outrageous joy in doing your will, my God. Now get your finger, get it, get your finger ready, get your finger ready. Here's the rest part of it. For your instructions are written on my heart. You see, following God's word is joyful because good stuff's going to happen. Don't think. And that was the problem with the outside people there. You go to church and everything's no, 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 no. No, it isn't no. It's yes, 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 yes. Even if God says no, it's a yes. It's going to get good. It's going to be fine. Now look at verse 16. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Simultrace. And the next day to onto Neapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the leading city of the district of Macedonia. They're now in Europe. And we stayed there for several days. Now, Paul had a vision of a man crying out for the gospel. What did he expect when he landed? He's probably thinking, well, there's going to be a band out there. Welcome to Apostle Paul. We've rented this little place for you. We're going to have a revival right now. We got signs, welcome the gospel and the Apostle Paul. There's nobody there. There's absolutely nobody there. Nobody. You see, sometimes when God makes his promise, don't, don't, don't jump to conclusions. It will happen. The whole book of Philippians is about it happening. But it's going to take his time and again. So the next thing we see is verse, six, is verse 13. We don't know how long this is, whether they got there on a Monday and this is a Sabbath, a Saturday. We don't really know what it is. Maybe they got there on Friday. But it says this, on the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river. Now notice where we expected to find a place of prayer. Just look at me quickly. In, in a city where there was few Jews, it would take 10 Jewish men to make a synagogue. If there weren't 10 Jewish men, then they would usually go to a, a nature place because they would remember God created the water and the, and the, the, the Red Sea being divided, whatever, and it would be a place of prayer. Paul knew that. There weren't 10 men. So that tells us he's there for a lot of reasons. I mean, that city is godless. And so they go down by this river and it says, we sat down and began to speak to the women. Who had gathered there? There's not even guys yet. Oh, there will be guys. And that's what the rest of this whole thing's about. So they go there, and this divine appointment starts with women. The man isn't available yet. The men will come. And they're there by God. And this is going to be the foundation 
of the gospel in Europe. Now, a few weeks ago, we studied Philip going to the desert, and he met a black man from Ethiopia. Remember it? God sent him off for one black man. And that black man accepted Christ. And where did that black man go? He went back to Ethiopia and what? All of that area down there, Africa and all that kind of stuff. What? They came to the Lord. And we know that one of the apostles, huh? One of the apostles, Thomas, went to India. And he took it to the Asian countries. What is Paul doing now? Well, he's been in Turkey and Israel and all those areas. Where is he now? He's over to Europe. And where did many of us come from, our grandparents? From Europe. Africa, Asia, Europe. God's not a respecter of persons. He has a heart for the whole world. And because of one man's obedience, Philip, and Thomas, and Paul, he's reaching the whole world. I want you to see two pictures and we're through. Remember this one? Happy hour. Some of you today, you're here because you've been searching. You don't even know why you're here. But God's begun to speak to your heart. You can do this 24-7 and you'll never find fulfillment. Because without a relationship with God, you'll always remain empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. There is no purpose. You can't do life without God. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you want to ask God to forgive you of your sins. The only thing that separates you from a relationship with God is your sin. That's why Jesus Christ came and died on the cross. Now, some of you used to follow God. And you backslidden. And you've ended up at happy hours for whatever reason. And you're miserable. God's brought you back today. You come back today. You come back and let God speak to your heart. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I've been too far away. You don't know the stuff that I've done as a guy or a guy. I don't care to know the stuff. God doesn't care to know the stuff. By the way, he knows it. But if you start today, the past is forgiven. That's what grace is all about. In a moment, we're going to do that. You will never find purpose for your life without a relationship with God. By the way, it has nothing to do with being religious. In fact, that's the worst thing you can do. It's a personal relationship with Jesus. For the last one and a half hours, we've had a real happy hour! Am I right? Am I right? Say it with me, happy hour! Exactly right. You say, well, then people outside here think we're crazy. Who cares? This is the place of happiness. Because God... He's in the house. He's here. He's here. And by the way, it isn't about the house. When you leave, he goes with you. Hallelujah. Pastor Mark, you're like weird today. It's because the world has deceived us so much. You need to understand happy, joyful Fulfillment comes one place from following Jesus Christ. Today, Pastor Mark taught us more about what the Bible says about joy. We learned more of the story of the Apostle Paul and his willingness to be used by God to spread the gospel. Even though he went through many hardships and frustrations, 
He was able to maintain his joy because he knew that he was doing what God wanted him to be doing. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This concludes the teaching, The Joy of Following Jesus Every Day. We hope that it has been a blessing to you, showing you more of the magnificence and love of our God for us. In addition, we hope you've been encouraged to seek God's will for your life in a more intentional way, becoming willing to be obedient and following His path for your life. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.